0: Hello, welcome to episode 64 of the Sideways Life podcast, The Honest Guide to Living and Working Abroad. I'm Leanne. And I'm Al. And welcome, welcome back. 64, that sounds like a lot. Podmas really gave us a, a boost there, didn't it? It really
1: did. I was working out. And I think that if we do Podmas again this time, uh, this year, then we're going to be on something like about 180 or something daft. Podmas
0: 2022. Yeah. It's a, bit, it's a bit too soon after mm. the last one to really feel that I've got the strength to do it again. So <laughs> maybe ask me in like July or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about it. We won't talk about it. Post traumatic podmus <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> um Okay, so Leanne, um, you seem more excited than usual. You're very excited doing the podcast, oh, but you seem more excited than usual. What's going on?
0: I know, I know. I am so excited. So I, I, I just don't even know where to start. I'm so excited and so overwhelmed by the generosity of, of people. are just fabulous. Um, you know, dear listener, I'm a psychologist. I'm a psychologist. <laughs> um, and, and I do, you know, enjoy spending my time doing that conferences and talks and and books and the like and i went to the abp conference uh last october the association of business psychology Mm -hmm. uh last october and for the first time came across an amazing psychologist called audrey tang doctor audrey tang Mm -hmm. um she did it she did a session and it was it was just a breath of fresh air. I mean, it's all virtual, of course, COVID times, um, but it was it was it was so inspiring and so practical and useful. I loved it. I immediately went online and ordered her her book, uh, The Leader's Guide to Resilience. I'm working my way through it now. Um, she's just fabulous so when we were talking about january and what we wanted to do we talked about doing kind of practice exercise and that type of thing um and i immediately thought of, of audrey um and we also love her tiktok don't mm. we she's on she's on tiktok we'll leave we'll leave a, a link and everything but um but yeah, she's fabulous. So I kind of had this idea, or well, maybe if we get her permission, we can use some of her TikToks because she's far too important and busy to be talking to the likes of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, when we got in touch, she was more than happy to come on as a guest, um, which is amazing. So today we are talking to Dr. Audrey Tang. Audrey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Leanne. Oh, we are so excited. You know that that I've been a, a huge fan of of you and your work for a while so this is I'm I'm fangirling and Al's here to kind of guide things and calm things down
2: <laughs> oh no this is great and I'm loving the energy this is fabulous
0: so I mean tell us tell us a bit more about yourself I know about you but tell 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 our listeners a bit about you what you do uh, and your background well, I'm a trainer and a development
2: coach. That's the bit that pays the day-to-day bills. But otherwise, I have a portfolio career, which is being an author. I do media comment, psychology spokesperson. So if somebody wants a psychologist to talk about, say, gratitude or the effect of loneliness or something like that, they will often book me to do the radio appearances or or the TV and so on. So it's a really varied career. But I love both sides of it. And certainly my background, I was a school teacher. I was both head of drama and head of psychology. And it blends the two really beautifully because on the one side, I've got the whole academic uh, enjoyment, but on the other, there's the performance aspect. So for me, this absolutely works really well.
0: Amazing. So did you start as a teacher and then start and then going into psychology? Yeah, I was always a psychology teacher.
2: Uh, that's where right. i started i trained as a psychology teacher but because i've always produced and performed in community theatre in i've i've got an equity card you can see me in 007 specter if you look hard enough and uh, so i've always enjoyed that aspect of it um and then got into teaching drama alongside psychology, probably had a bit more of a preference for that in many ways because when you can get really creative and you're not focused on exams the whole time, I had the opportunity to be inspired by the students every single day. And I think that is the element that I absolutely live for. I see that when I'm coaching. I see that when I'm training. When somebody gets it, when somebody just reframes
0: their thinking, that, that's magical for me. So your, I mean, your focus is very interesting. It's on well-being, building resilience. You've written a few books on, on mindfulness, on being a good manager, uh, and your latest book on resilience as well. Um, I, I'm with you. I'm a psychologist as well. But I know there are other people out there that think, mm, is this all just a bit woo? Where's the evidence? Does this, these kind of exercises really work? Well, I love to say if people think
2: it's woo, it's not going to work for you. And if you don't think it's woo and you do them, it could even be the placebo effect. But that aside, if we think about how the brain and the body works, and this is just a very basic description of it, we have the autonomic systems. In other words, our fight or flight response happens without us even wanting it to, it just happens in response to a stimuli so does our rest digest and doing mindfulness exercises exercising yoga all of these healthy practices can affect that autonomic system in very positive ways so as an example even stroking a pet can reduce the amount of cortisol the stress hormone that's produced in the face of say an operation or fear or something that you don't want to get involved in. And similarly, once that fear response has kicked in, if we have practiced things like deep breathing or maybe we go through some grounding exercises, that can minimize the effect of cortisol as well. So that's a little bit of the science behind it. And then you've got the positive psychology approach. Now, what I love about positive psychology is that Martin Seligman, when he became president of the American Psychological Association, he said psychology is half-baked. We focus only on not well, too well, rather than well, too fantastic, to thriving, to flourishing. And unless we start focusing from going from okay to amazing, we're kind of stuck in this little bit of a I'm fine situation and I'm fine. When you really think about it, it's partly not truthful and also not that great. If you say to someone, how are you? And they say, I'm fine. It feels a bit meh. We feel afraid to say, I'm amazing. But we also feel afraid to say, you know what? I'm not coping all that well. I need to reach out to somebody. And so what I love about both the counselling side of psychology and the positive psychology is it really emphasises both sides. And so when it comes to positive psychology, Seligman says that we have three key things that make for a fulfilling life. They don't guarantee it, but those are often found in studies of people reflecting on their lives and they are having meaning just having a purpose, having a reason for getting up in the morning. The second is being in a state of flow. And that is that moment when you're really enjoying it. You might be playing music, you might be singing, you might be working, whatever it is, it's a state of flow. And the third is healthy relationships. And those three things, they don't need to happen all together. We can have little aspects of all of them, but the exercises I focus on look at those three in particular.
1: And we want to talk a little bit more about your TikTok channel because... (laughs) But it's, I've I've not seen, I know Leanna's and I've not seen any chartered psychologists on TikTok. Um, love it. And uh, as I was, I was fanboying a little bit about your lighting and setup because it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's fantastic. Um, what, what, what made you, what was your thinking behind the whole TikTok?
2: It's funny you asked that. And I'm really happy you did. I actually just challenged myself last year that I would release one video of content every single day. And that began to feel a little bit overwhelming. And I thought, well, TikTok's only a minute. And actually, I could even do it at 15 seconds or 30 seconds. That's not quite so bad. So that's why I ended up on the TikTok platform, because I could offer little sound bites quite quickly. But also, it helped me practice the skill of pricey. Now, I'm thrilled that I have the opportunity on this podcast to meander and to discuss and to talk. But sometimes when you're having to say something in a two minute slot on radio. You have to get your point across really quickly. And TikTok's actually helped me do that. But the thing about what I do is I like to have different platforms for effectively saying the same thing and I'm very clear when it comes to TikTok that it's not a substitute you cannot substitute a 60 second video for professional intervention but if you just want the headlines of something what I'm proud of is having the academic background and having the experience to be able to put this across in an appropriate and effective manner there's quite mm-hmm. a few armchair psychologists on there and sometimes you get a little bit of fake psychology news and that troubles me somewhat so it's nice to know that i i have the credibility and the reliability but realistically if you want to take some time to think about self development you can have you've got my training sessions coaching all of my books if you wanted to have to listen to it you've got my podcast if you wanted to see it i've got a youtube channel and if you just want the headlines i've got tiktok same thing but said in different ways
1: do you find do you find them they feed into each other
2: yes very much so sometimes i found that in being able to put across a concept in 60 seconds i've been able to condense my teaching better because i've been able to express that particular topic in a shorter amount of time which allows me to perhaps go through the exercises with people rather than doing all the teaching because i actually think the work the interactive bit is one of the most important bits not the delivery i like the delivery but then don't we all most people who do podcasts who do uh, lecturing teaching we
0: love our subjects so much more than people like like learning it <laughs> So as you know, Audrey, we um Sideways Life is all about an honest guide to living and working abroad. Um, we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, we've we've talked it, you know, over over the months, um, particularly before Christmas on the run-up about the the strains it can have on your mental well-being um and the challenges that that we face as as expats. I mean, from your experience, do you think there's any kind of unique or specific challenges that that face people who, who live abroad compared to others?
2: In some ways, I would say it's more of the same but a different context. The reason for that is most people who have chosen to live abroad have gone into it with some degree of planning, some degree of excitement. It's not usually an enforced change. Unless you're talking about children, then that can be a slightly separate matter. But if you have chosen to do something... Even when things get difficult, you tend to have a little bit more motivation to do it. The very crude psychological (laughs) equation for motivation is we're motivated when um, the efficacy of what we're doing plus the value of the outcome, less the cost, is still greater than the cost of doing it. And so if we have that drive and we know we want to make a great life and maybe we're earning more money, then what we're doing and the outcome of it is often higher than the stress perhaps of learning a new language or finding somewhere to live or adjusting to the way that that particular culture functions. When that changes, then you end up having issues, but because somebody who has chosen to go often has that desire, you're already onto a winner. However, you do have And I think this is true of people working from home and the fact we're in a very global economy. You've got this global time zone issue. And a very simple work hack there is to just put on your digital signature whether you work in GMT or EST or what your time zone is, because that way you don't feel as if you have to be on call twenty four seven because America's just waking up at this time. You, in your out of office reply or in your signature, it's very clear the hours with which you're, when you're going to respond. Another issue that probably people working working abroad and doing a lot of online platforms, Zoom calls and so on, will find as well as those working from home in a hybrid environment, is that when when people are trying to schedule things Zoom-wise, there's a tendency to put things back to back because we don't have to go anywhere. We don't physically have to move. And that doesn't allow us to have a mental palate cleanse. We're running from one thing into the other. And we actually do need to take a minute, even if it's just to do some star jumps or to have a drink of water or to splash water on our faces, to give ourselves that that mental palate cleanse in order that we can close one event and open the next. And again, research has shown that if we're able to do that, we concentrate more when we start the next next activity
0: brilliant well I mean in terms of, of practical tips as we've got you it would be amazing if we could maybe get some examples of, of ways that we can um we can build our resilience um I'm currently working my way through your your latest book which is about building resilience um, and what I loved about it is that you said that mindfulness is to calm you resilience is to arm you um I mean tell us a little bit more about that A lot of mindful practice
2: is to get the rest-digest autonomic system, the parasympathetic system working. It's the thing that reduces our blood pressure. It brings our heart rate down. It makes us feel calm. However, in that kind of state, you don't necessarily feel fired up to go and do something. You need <laughs> to have a healthy balance. So when I talk about resilience arming you, I don't mean it makes you feel overwhelmed and stressed, but it allows us to have that balance of energizing and the mindfulness side of relaxing. So that probably leads me on to my first practical tip. And that is the Spices Challenge, which is in the Leader's Guide to Resilience. It's a lovely challenge, and it looks at six different aspects of self-care. And the acronym SPICES will allow you to to remember what they are. The first S stands for spiritual, and that's the mindfulness side. If you need something relaxing, this might be meditation. It might be sitting outside in nature. It might be deep breathing. The P is physical, and that could be exercise or dance or just putting on a piece of music and jigging around in your room. I is intellectual. That's also a bit more of a stimulant, a bit more of an energizer. So that might be doing a cause or reading a book. So there can be the mindful element as well. C is creative, allowing ourselves to express ourselves however we wish, whether it's through the more formal creative challenge, uh, channels, art or drama or poetry, or alternatively, it might be what we wear or how we do our hair or maybe even creating a window box e is emotional and that is when we connect with one other person usually on a more intimate basis where we have that conversation where we can put the world to rights Uh, and the final s is social where we offer our time, perhaps to volunteer. We maybe do a larger event. But as you can see, when you think about all six of those elements, some of them are relaxing, some of them are energizing. And it's really important for us to recognize, well, what do I actually need right now? If I'm really anxious, then something energizing is probably not going to help me. But if I'm feeling really down and apathetic and I don't want to do anything, something relaxing isn't going to help either but the beauty about spices and why i call it a challenge is i want people to try all of those different things out if you like something stick with it if you don't it doesn't matter you don't need to do it again we're adults but often when it comes to self-care we just think oh a spa day or a meditation or reading a book and we get a little bit caught in habit whereas spices allows us to add variety, add spice to our life by trying things out, which also gives our brain a little bit of a boost by trying something new. But it allows us to think about new things that relax us and that energize us. And when we need them, they can just be picked out and used very, very easily.
0: Amazing. You love things like that, don't you? Like having a a system and an anagram to work with.
1: Yep, yep, definitely. Yeah, the um, mnemonic, um, what's the word for it? When something stands like NATO.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's an initialism actually. Is is
2: That's it. The yeah, like NATO, something like that, isn't Yeah, it, big
1: isn't fan me? of those. Big fan. Yeah,
2: I love them. It's so easy to remember. I mean, again, mm-hmm. that goes into that memory side of psychology. Chunking things makes it a lot easier to remember, rather than having all this masses of information that's really overwhelming. So that was step one. Yeah. So that's that's spices. That's our self care. But another thing that we really need to know, and this, if you if you like that one, you'll like this one, is to think about our vitals and this is another uh, acronym initialism that really helps us get in touch with the three key elements that martin seligman wanted us to and so when we look at the the initials of the word vitals the v stands for knowing our values Take a moment to identify what three things are really important to you. And it might be humor, it might be kindness, it might be drive, it might be passion. you don't need to have too many, because when we have too many, then it's just really a list. It's not really priorities. So think about your top three values. And the, what you do with that is, first of all, work to live those every single day, because there's no point having these values if you're not displaying them yourself. So identify them and use them. Um The eye of vitals is to remind us of our interests. And this is so important as adults, because as adults we work and then maybe we have family responsibilities and maybe we have caring responsibilities, but we might have forgotten that we actually really love to play the piano or we love to draw or we love to dance. Remind yourself what your interests are. Add that fun back into your life. And don't do the adult thing of I must be brilliant at it because I used to run triathlons and I used to do this and that means if I struggle after two minutes on a treadmill, I'm no good. Don't do that. Just try, if you liked art, doodle a little bit. Just start small, take those baby steps, but add those interests back into your life book in time to do those things. T is temperament. Now this is really important because in our professional lives, we learn to behave in a certain way. So as a coach, as a trainer, I have to be very patient. I have to be very calm and I have to take time with people, but that's not how I naturally like to function. You can probably hear it in my voice. I'm usually quite dynamic. I'm quite, I want things to happen now. I'm a little bit impatient. And so after a long day of training or coaching, I really like to do puzzles or board games with my husband because he's really into that sort of fast thinking. If you're thinking against the clock, I love escape rooms, for example, where you're locked in the room, you have to get out in one hour and so you've got that time pressure. So be aware of what your temperament is. Know that you are able to adapt it because we're adults, we're professionals. But again, if you're always using one aspect the the adaptive self you're not always being authentic so you need to bring back that temperament which really suits you and find things to do in that particular way um the a is around the clock so very similar to temperament are you a morning person an evening person does your job allow for that so for me if i'm adding an exercise routine into my day i try to do it in the morning because i'm more energetic in the morning, which means I can get up earlier to do something rather than think at the end of the day, oh, I now need to go and swim or go to the gym. Uh, L is our life goals. Now, again, it's very easy. And a lot of people say, well, what are you aspiring to do? I like to ask you to think about what was meaningful to you as a child. So the example I would use there is swimming. Uh, I I was never any good at swimming but one of my biggest achievements was the fact that i i managed to dive into a pool and pick up that brick from the bottom of the pool wearing my pajamas <laughs> and 11 years old that was great and it's not the certificate it's the fact that i kept trying it that was what is meaningful to me. And that resonates with, I think, the reason why I teach and the reason why I coach, because I love seeing people try and seeing their hard work really pay off. And so if you can recognize what your what was meaningful to you, what your life goals were and are, what you might be able to do is build that into your work. So if, like me, you are inspired by trying hard and succeeding, and you don't have that teaching or coaching element in your work maybe if you're a manager maybe that's something you can add into your practice there are ways of not necessarily having to change careers but of adding in those things that are really meaningful and the s is strengths now there's a great um questionnaire which is free to do it's by martin seligman and you go to the university of pennsylvania and it's the authentic happiness test if you sign up for an account with them they don't spam you or anything like that you just get access to all of these questionnaires and the one i would suggest you do is the values in action strengths test and what this shows you is your top strengths and The top ones of mine are are curiosity and creativity and energy, zest. And where strengths comes into vitals is if you're not using them regularly, then you're feeling ah, this doesn't work, why am I feeling meh or I feel a bit inauthentic. So again, it's about trying to use your strengths. If you don't want to take a questionnaire to find those things out, then simply think about what am I really good at or ask a friend, what do you think I'm really good at? And then ask yourself, am I actually doing that in my life right now? And the reason why the VITALS acronym, very much like spices, adds color to our life, VITALS, the acronym is there because if we're not doing those things, they are as important to our survival and our sense of fulfillment in life as food and water. So that's why I really like that one. And that's a really great way of unpicking what we stand
0: for. I love that. What I love about that, as, as, I was, as you were going through it, I was kind of reflecting on moments in my life. And and I think when I've been the most frustrated professionally, it's been when I've not been using my, my strengths. Yeah. How about you? Did
1: yeah. And the times you've, you know, those times when you sit down to do something, you look up and it's lunchtime, and you thought it was mm. about ten o'clock, and that's your state of flow. Is is that what you called it?
2: Exactly that. And so you've got that connection. And a lot of the time when I teach, because anyone can talk about concepts, but the reason for doing the exercises is, it's I find it a much easier way of getting into what people are thinking and how they're responding rather than sitting. Face to face with someone, right? Tell me about what's going on in your life because that can feel quite alien, especially if we've not really talked a lot about what's going on. But by saying to someone, well, let's go through this vitals exercise, you point out those things, then being able to ask them, are you doing a lot of this in your life right now? That's a direct way in to really what a counselor would be asking them, which may take five or six sessions before someone's comfortable or has even processed what's going on enough to be able to talk about it. So that's why I absolutely love, love vitals. I love exercises like this and redo it, redo it every
0: three months or so because they might change. Fantastic. So we've got spices, we've got vitals. Is there anything else that that you think will, will help us as we we start 2022? Yes. I think a lot of people talk about
2: gratitude and, we all we know that what gratitude does is it primes our mind to think more positively because if we are thinking about what we're grateful for we kind of look for more of it so it's again if we think about something we're going to seek it out it's why when you're thinking about buying a new car you kind of notice all of that type of car around so that's the simple way that gratitude can help but i love this little bonus that you get from a gratitude practice. Now, I'm going to ask you to do this with me since it's on video. Just simply stretch out your arms and think about one person you are so grateful to have in your life and think about why and what they bring to your life that might also help you with recognizing your values and stretch out your legs and think about one thing you're grateful for and it might be your work or your car or your house or or your duvet (laughs) whatever it might be and then shake out and think about one thing you're really looking forward to doing today so not only have we sorted out our posture and if we're sitting up straighter we breathe more deeply we get a bit more oxygen to our brain so that's a great thing anyhow but that is much easier than keeping a journal because sometimes that feels like an extra thing we need to do but if you do that say every day this week you're going to notice some patterns there will be some people and some things that always turn up they turn up every single day in your gratitude practice and there'll be some people and some things that absolutely do not. And the secret there is to use that information. Actively choose to spend time seeing the people who always come up in your gratitude stretch, or if you can't see them in person, Zoom call them or get onto an online platform or WhatsApp them. Actively seek them out. Actively seek out the things that you like to do, the things that you're looking forward to doing. Because then, when it comes to the draining things, the emotional vampires, the things where we think, oh, gosh, I've really got to do this. Either we can say to them quite legitimately, I'm so sorry, I'm already busy because I've actively sought out the things i love," Or it actually gives us more energy to make that interaction go a little bit more smoothly.
1: Makes perfect sense. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I read the gratitude thing when I read some of the Tony Robbins stuff and he was there um way back when i was maybe in my 20s and um and i was going bankrupt and it, was, uh, and it was very, no, it was fine. It was the best experience that ever happened to me. But um, exactly that, it was like, well, I could look at it really badly or I look at it and go, well, look, all my debt's gone away and I can start again. And
2: What you're saying, it's a really great way of using gratitude to reframe. So gratitude has so many different benefits. And it's just, it, so the practice is great anyway, just by itself. It's a win for the brain regardless. But if you can then use it to reframe or you can then use it to action
0: your choices in life it's even better what I love about all of this and 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 we've chatted about this a bit before between us and on the podcast is that it gives you control it gives you something to to kind of it's, it's practical it's something you can do it's something that you can work your way through and even in that I'm sure that you know feels like a sense of achievement if you're feeling a bit lost and not sure why you're feeling down or anxious is to just go through the exercise in itself or feel like an accomplishment and bring you clarity. And I think it's it's choosing to choose that you can do this. You can think like this. It's not, it doesn't just come. It's not just, you know, sunny people out there who, who everything is going well for, they're choosing to, to take these steps to be positive and, and take control of their life yeah
2: absolutely and on that I think it is quite important to have a word about toxic positivity because toxic positivity is when somebody goes around going yeah, hey, it'll be fine look for the silver lining it's all great and that's really unhelpful and I would rather say this is probably another tip I know it comes from a place of love, but when somebody voices a vulnerability to you, something like, Oh, I feel so fat and ugly, from a place of love, we say to them, No, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're so clever, you're so intelligent. And and I know why we do that. But what that doesn't do is it doesn't allow that person their right to feel horrible or down or sad. And so more helpful thing to do if someone voices that vulnerability is, is to hold it with them and to say to them, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Why? And then you get a lot more discussion. So toxic positivity is something I, I would react quite heavily against, which is just simply saying everything's perfect because it really isn't. Life is it's an absolute roller coaster. But what these exercises will do, it helps us Buffer the effects of that roller coaster. It helps minimize the effects when those things happen. And simply, it gives us a, a blueprint of how we might be able to thrive and grow and flourish because we know what our strengths are, we know what's meaningful to us, and we can focus on those things.
0: I think um, Al and I, our listeners, will know met um, through Samaritans, and the training there on, on listening and empathy is exactly what you said there, and it's helped us so much personally and professionally. And we talk about it like getting in the hole. There was this picture of of kind of showing the difference between sympathy and empathy. And empathy you get in the hole with that person and say, tell me about it. And that can make such a difference. It's 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 such a simple, like you say, it's simple, but kind of shift in in kind of response. But it, it can change everything for the person that's feeling like that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's so powerful. That moment of connection is wonderful. And then if you have things like these little exercises, which don't feel like doing personal development work, they don't feel formal, then it's a great way to continue that discussion, but almost not, making that person feel oh i'm in a in, in a counseling situation now or i'm now in a i have to talk about myself situation so it can allow the conversation to progress a little bit more uh, uh, in a friendly way i would say
0: audrey thank you so much this has been such a pleasure and i know our listeners are are gonna gonna love this so thank you so much for your time we will detail for everybody where to find you um but i mean where's the where's the best place for people to go if they want to find out more
2: the best place is probably my website because then you've got the choice of all of the different platforms and the different things that i do which is www.doctoraudryt.com
0: how good was that she was amazing i know and such good exercises like i'm i'm gonna you know, I said on that I want, I want to go and do them, and I will, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit, and I'm gonna really think about it. And no oh, idea. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just see Leanne's face; she just literally popped up out of her
0: stool. The little light bulb just went ping. <laughs> what if we did a follow up episode mm-hmm. next week? where we work through those exercises together, but also, because you know what it's like, you're like, oh yeah, I'll do that, I'll set a time Mm -hmm. to do that, and you never do. Mm -hmm. What if we kind of say, right, this is the time, come join us, podcast will be up seven o'clock on Thursday, come, 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 come join us as we work through these exercises together idea needs some thought
1: it does so <laughs> she has just sprung it on us so we need to we need to actually think about how we're going to do this
0: <laughs> <laughs> make it happen now come on <laughs> just the ideas <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh
1: but anyway so let's just go over to her favorite part but, by the way i i'm i don't like i try and listen i try and understand the psychology side of things and leanne's really really good at it, explaining it but what i loved about audrey was that um She'd explain a concept in a few words that I would just go, okay, I get it now. Yeah. I get it. That's really cool. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and, uh, and there's not many people who are that who are that heavy into it, who are that sort of established a practitioner who are able to communicate that way, which I suppose why she's written three books and is on radio shows and very important podcasts like ours.
0: Absolutely. I'm sure this is the peak of her media broadcasting career. But um, <laughs> what I really liked about what she said about TikTok is how, like, she's... You know, that was her personal, personal challenge was to upload video content. But that actually doing TikTok has helped her kind of refine those thoughts and put what, you know, her message across in 15, 30 seconds. It's, um, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's, that's cool.
1: It is. So what else did you like? What were your favorite bits?
0: What were your favorite bits? Um,
1: I think what I liked was the whole do what gives you energy. And. You and I were talking about this literally just of, just this morning, mm-hmm. that we've both got things on our task list that we're like, oh God, all right, yeah, I'll have to go and do that. And then it gets pushed the next day. And that's the only problem with when you work for yourself, um, is that if you don't do something, nobody knows. <laughs> so you can push something onto your task list for the next day. So whatever you like, what she said, basically, um, do what gives you energy and reverse engineer that. So don't just say, you know, oh, well, this gives me energy. Think about the times that you looked up at the clock and went, bloody hell, it's five o'clock and i thought it was about two um we all have those um and uh, and that's the things you should be doing and i thought it was really cool so what about you what are your favorite bits
0: um i like the spices exercise um like the self-compassion exercise i thought that was really good and i thought it was a good kind of way of kind of doing a little health check on the different aspects of your life and if you're feeling a bit a bit not yourself or a bit anxious or, or a bit frustrated then it might help you kind of identify where the deficit is um i know i definitely felt that it sounds so silly but when we kind of went from from living in spain to traveling full-time i used to i used to bake loads i used to bake mm-hmm. like two three times a week loved it um, and had done for a few years leading up to that um Obviously traveling full time, you can't you can't take your mixer to Thailand. That's not gonna work. Um, <laughs> but quite quickly within, you know, like maybe a couple of months, I was feeling really frustrated. And and then I realized because I've got nothing creative to do, I've got no kind of outlet for mm-hmm. and that I think that's when I started getting more into like into makeup or just cooking in general, because it gave me that that ability to be creative, um, which I did miss.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think that's one of the that, that, that if you are living and working abroad, then obviously there's there's going to be certain things you're going to miss from back in in your home country, um, certain things you might not be able to do. Like for example, let's say you love swimming, but you live you live somewhere where there's no communal pool or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is important to find something and recognize that if you're not doing what you did before to relieve stress, to, for creativity, for fun, for critical thinking, you need to build that back in
0: definitely definitely but you know as Audrey said to to think outside the box a little bit with it um you know that that physical aspect doesn't need to be going down the gym and doing a 10k it can just be putting some music on and dancing around like a loon for 20 minutes <laughs> um I think we, we can find ourselves in a bit of a box can't we in terms of that so um so yeah I like that I might dance like a loon later on today <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> I look forward to it. Look forward to walking into <laughs> the sitting room and finding because the dog joins in as well. He
0: does.
1: So just to round off. What were your final thoughts? Uh,
0: my final thoughts. I think it's um, it's really just about taking control and making the choice to you know to to do these things to to be self compassionate to to be positive without being toxic um and i think the often that the where i find myself a little bit lost or anxious is frustrated is when i don't feel in control Mm um and i think even just going through these exercises as an exercise will give you some kind of feeling of control and as you start to do something about it then even more and i think um that for me is the is the key and you know we we talked about that when we we spoke with alex who was on the podcast last week you know it's it's not an accident it's not luck it's it's effort and it's work and it's 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 having control
1: absolutely absolutely okay so all of the links are in the show notes as always um, and uh, if you've got any comments, uh, hit us up on Instagram at asidewayslife dot I said that really, we- really weirdly and badly. At a dot no, that's not even it com. God, I'm such an old man. <laughs> Uh, Honestly, Liam won't let me have me at the remote anymore because I'm like an old man with it. I just really pressed the really can't run. work your arm <laughs> Picked up the calculator. Home yesterday.
0: every time. Yeah.
1: Um, so go to Instagram and search for Our Sideways Life um, and you'll find us there. Drop us a DM. If you're not into the Instagram vibe, then just go just go to your email. Open up an email and, t- and type in Life" at gmail.com. Tell us what you're thinking.
0: Tell me what... I'm no, thinking. No,
1: no, no. I'm talking to the listener now. Oh, sorry. I did happen <laughs> to be looking directly into your eyes. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, do get in touch. Let us know. Um, so, yeah, if you want to find out more about uh, Dr. Audrey Tang, you have her website. Uh, TikTok is, uh, you'll find it at the Wellbeing Lounge. Twitter and Instagram Dr. Audrey T. She also has a podcast, Retrain Your Brain, if you want to check that out. Um, and to recap, her three books uh, are Be a Great Manager Now, The Leader's Guide to mindfulness and the leader's guide to resilience i've only had the latter and i must say it's brilliant very practical great exercises go check it out everything in the show notes thank you again audrey we had such an amazing time talking to you and we're probably out of time now right
1: we are so we'll see you next week
0: bye